0: It's Robin Marshall, America's number one sugar mom. I have a few more interviews scheduled that are coming up within the next few weeks. In the meantime, it just dawned on me that today is Tuesday. Probably because I'm a bit scatterbrained, I've gone on the longest trip ever in my lifetime. Now, to some of you, it may seem like nothing, but to a mother of five who was married for 30 years that never could afford taking long vacations. 12 days was a long trip for me, and it was multi-cityed. And for me to book one city from Dallas, where I originate from, is a miracle because I have this dyslexia, OCD thing going on with numbers. And you know, did you ever get that feeling where you're just so overwhelmed that you just don't know what to click and Who they're really talking to when when you're the one reading the computer. (laughs) You know, could it possibly be me that they're trying to ask these questions of? Anyway, so I started out the trip from here to Charlotte to see my daughter who's sick. I told you she's got breast cancer. And uh, she just finished the first four rounds of the worst cancer, the AC cocktail, as they call it. And she's been using this DigiCap, which has... Oh, it saved half of her hair, the bottom part, because she's getting married in June and she wanted something for her pictures, but she hates the cap so much that it's now causing her to have anxiety attacks. So after talking with her, I think I have finally gotten her to the point where she has resolved herself to the fact that she's got to give this up. Not only would she have to wear it an hour before chemo, she'd have to wear it All those hours of chemo and then three more hours after chemo. Can you imagine? Pretend like you have, what do they call it? An ice cream headache or a brain freeze. I think that's what they call it. Where you're stuck that way for six hours and not having any guarantee that you're not going to lose your hair. It's bad enough that she's being injected with this terrible, horrible, medicine that attacks everything in your body, let alone having a cap on that makes you feel like a frozen freaking popsicle for hours on end. So we've got to the point where she called me last night. Did she ask me last week while I was there? Mom, can you please help me with this? No. Did I offer and say to her, honey, can we please discuss this? Can I at least just have a conversation to get you through it? No. No every time I think about it, I want to throw up. I get nauseous. And I said to her, but you do realize this is in your head. This is grandly in your head to the point where it's anxiety. Mom, every time I think about having chemo, I get nauseous. And I understand that because she's traumatized. So of course, the week that I'm not there and I'm On to the next leg of my journey, she makes the decision that she needs to talk to me. And she needs to find somebody that'll help her quietly, privately shave her head and put on one of the three wigs that I bought her and teach her how to do it. Which, let me remind you, I was there. I could have done it for her gently, privately, and softly. But I'm glad she's at least come to her senses There are so many women out there that wear multiple different wigs when they get dressed up just for fun. They don't need to wear wigs. Well, she can treat this like it's dress-up. And for her wedding, she can wear something beautiful, something long and blondish-brown the way her hair is, with a veil or a little cap on top if she wants something, anything, just to use her imagination and be comfortable. That's what it's about. My goodness, if you're that sick, at least be comfortable. Speaking of which, the next part of the trip, I went to West Palm Beach to see my girlfriend. And we are very, very close friends. I'm very fortunate that I have a few very close friends. And she is one of my closest. And part of my reasoning for going was because I thought I might move, leave Dallas, and go live near her in West Palm Beach. Well, I want to tell you, I saw some of the most beautiful apartments in high-rise buildings with real people in them. I mean, like I'm in my house working all day. And after I'm done working all day, I'm too tired to go out of my house. So the farthest I get is maybe a walk around the block or my mailbox. So here I would have a pool on the top floor. I would have a community room where people go and shoot pool and watch tv and play cards and they have a reading room and they have a place where they can walk their dogs i mean all the stuff that i need people that are my age a little younger a little older all different types of ages just to be able to communicate instead of going to a bar and sitting there with a non-entity that i have no interest in whatsoever i could meet normal people that aren't in the radio industry, that don't have southern accents, that either come from Florida or are transplanted from the north. Yes. So I looked at a few. The first one we looked at was beautiful. Met the man that owned it. Very nice. It's furnished. I asked him, do you have a problem with me bringing some other furniture in instead of what you have? Because he has this sort of semicircular white couch that I could just picture my dogs on and destroying, by the way, I said to him, you know, I do have some furniture that I'd like to take because if I rent out my house, they want it to be empty. So I figure I might as well bring my furniture to where I'm going. Do you have a problem with it? Well, you know, he wasn't thrilled. And then I walk into the bedroom and it's a queen size where I sleep with a king. So I said, well, we've got this problem too. By the time I was done with him, We talked, we had so many things in common. I really liked him as a person, but I just did not like the way he furnished his place. I can't help that. I'm just, you know, in my past life, I really believe I was an interior decorator. And to add insult to injury, I am now an artist. I have canvases all over my home. Now picture this. I have a four bedroom home that surrounds a courtyard with lots of wall space, and a den, and a living room, and a huge kitchen, that I have my artwork on all parts of the walls, not like it looks too jumbled and and cramped. It's situated just right because I have that decorator sense in me. Well, he looks at me like, is there anything in this apartment that you like? And I said to him, well, yes, you. And I love the layout and the balcony you would die for. It is absolutely gorgeous. You look out over the intercoastal and the ocean. It's exactly what I want. The only little problem I have are my two little teeny weeny dogs that won't be able to go outside whenever they want. Unless, of course, one day I just toss them over the balcony. Oh, come on, you know I'm just kidding. And I have to learn to walk them. The hard part about that is I do not know how to put these goddamn harnesses on them. I have tried and tried to the point where I'm going to have to go back to the store and have them teach me personally how to do this. So it'll give me a chance while I'm working during the day to get out of the house and walk my dogs for 20 minutes and see the ocean and see the greenery and see the docks and the boats and then come back in refreshed. It's what I need. Well, then we go to apartment number two. Now, this is the part that kills me. My girlfriend goes out of her way to take me to these places. We have a wonderful realtor with us. And he is just getting used to our sense of humor, which is beyond bizarre. We say what's ever on our mind. It doesn't matter that he's there. And he's just getting a kick out of us. And he introduces us to the woman who is in charge of these two places. Well, she's one of these skinny as a rail, blonde hair, bright eyes, jewelry that flashes when the sun lights, and thinks she's just all that. Like I wanted to call her Barbie. And we are out on the balcony and I'm admiring the view and it's on the 14th or 15th floor and I mean who could ask for anything more than that? And as we turn to come back in, I walk in, my girlfriend steps behind me and I'm walking into the bedroom. And she says to my girlfriend, so what do you think of the place? And my girlfriend says, oh, I love it. And she says, so are you her mother? And right then and there, the realtor that we came with froze in place. I was about to step into the bedroom. I stopped, turned around, looked at my girlfriend who said to her, what do I look like? I'm fucking 88 years old. And I say to the realtor, this sale is over. And we leave (laughs) because how am I going to buy a place from a woman who has no common sense whatsoever? How should I believe anything that comes out of her mouth if she could call my girlfriend who looks like me, my mother? Although I said that and we left, I never even got a chance to look at the rest of the apartment because I was so pissed. I said to her, let me see your second place. So she quietly takes us to the second place. We walk in and she says to my girlfriend, is that a silk kimono you're wearing? It's just so lovely. And I say to her, way to make points. Like I'm already done with this woman. I'm here out of obligation and I want to see this. And I'm going to try and find a different realtor to buy from besides her. But I already have this in my head and she doesn't know it. So we look around and it is lovely. It's very, very pretty. Again, I don't like the furniture. And I told her I don't like the furniture. Who picked it out? She says, well, I picked out a lot of it. And I said, well, I apologize for that. We just have different tastes. And then I went into my whole spiel about, well, how much would this be to buy? And I see her lick her chops. And I figure I'm going to keep her on this route just to see how far I can take her until she bites. I said, so how much? And she tells me. And I said, What about HOA fees? And she tells me, and I don't flinch. And I said, that's pretty much comparable to what I'm paying right now. And I said, when is it on the market for sale? She says, well, right now. And the best part was, she says, I don't tell anybody this. I mean, it's really a secret. I keep it to myself. But I just wanted to let you know that I would be your next door neighbor. Are you interested? And I said, no. (laughs) That's all I said. And I said, thank you for your time. I'm just not interested, but I appreciate it. I can be a bitch when I want to be, especially if you insult somebody that I love. And we all walk out and she stays behind inside the apartment and we get in the elevator and the realtor and, and my girlfriend and myself just break down laughing because they knew that I was just dragging her along. I was just taking her for a ride because I was so pissed. I was so mad at her. Who does that? That's like asking somebody if they're pregnant when they're not. When are you due? Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize, you imbecile. So I got to spend time with my girlfriend and that was a lot of fun. And of course, the day after I left, they found another one that I've been trying to see online, which is almost next to impossible. And it's on the first floor, which is a whole different concept that I might just like. Because the intercoastal is right there. The docks are right there. I can still see out into the intercoastal. I can't see the ocean, but I can see all the way out on the water. And it would be like I'm a part of the community. There's a place for my dogs, so I don't need the harnesses if I don't want to go that route. Sometimes I wonder why I even got them. I'm telling you. But I love them. Even if they shit on the rug. But this place has marble floors. Anyway, there's where I am as far as West Palm Beach is the area. Riviera Beach. Then I flew to New York to see my son, primarily, and his artwork. He's painting at the World Trade Center. Street art has taken on a new meaning. Remember when people used to get thrown in jail for using spray cans on garbage cans and buildings or the sides of trucks or railroad cars? Well, now these street artists are so freaking fantastic and creative I mean, they're like regular artists, even better because they paint on all kinds of surfaces. And sometimes they even do it for free just to be able to tag and show where they are on Instagram. And my kid is in with all of these street artists that have been around forever that have three and 400,000 followers on Instagram. And he's got about, I don't know how many thousand himself, but he's painting at the World Trade Center you've got to go see it. It's magnificent. And he's got a gallery showing coming up this weekend, Thursday through Sunday in New York. God, I wish I had the address, I would tell you. But he's on top of the world. Wonderful little girlfriend, lives in a nice place, lives in Gowanus, Brooklyn, and he's doing what he's always dreamt of doing. I used to have to talk to the police and beg them not to arrest him, and now he gets paid for doing the same thing. It's wonderful, and he's cute. Well, that's his story, and he took me all over New York, and my little French daughter, who was my Airbnb guest a year ago for a month, who we stayed And became very close with, we see each other at least once or twice a month. We go out to dinner. Don't you know that she was in New York on the same day as me? What are the odds of that? And she was just writing me, telling me I'm in New York. And I said, so am I. And the next thing I get is a message from my daughter who I just saw in the Carolinas saying, Mom, I'm going into New York and I want to make sure I have Dylan's address right, my son." Dylan Bover, in case you want to look him up, his tag is Bovez, B-A-U-V-E-Z. And don't forget the hashtag, Bovez, as he says. I said to her, what do you mean you're coming into New York? I said, I'm in New York. And there's dead silence on the other end of the phone. What? I said, Lacey, I just arrived. And she said, I did too. I turn around and I'm on the phone. And there she is standing at the carousel where the bags come in. And our mouths just dropped open. (laughs) Welcome to Robin's World. So we have a hug. I take a short video. She is going with her girlfriends, has an Airbnb, and I am taking public transportation because my son is involved in the World Trade Center painting at the time to get to Brooklyn, which took me an hour and a half. And you'd be proud to know I did not get lost, nor did I get in a fight. Everything was smooth, except for the fact that I was exhausted because I was pulling my bag behind me. I got to see him finally. I am walking down the stairs at his stop with this bag, and I'm dragging it one step at a time, and I'm I'm not sure I can make it. That's how heavy the bag was and how tired I was. And I hear him on the other side of the steps. Mom, mom, don't move. I just walked up the wrong steps. I'm coming around to get you, mom. Stay still. <laughs> So he comes and he races around and he grabs my bag and he gives me a hug. I love you, mom. I'm so happy to see you, mom. I just can't believe you're here, mom. And the whole trip made it worth it to me right then and there. You know, when your kids can be in their 20s, their late 20s, and still look at you with that smile on their face and tell you how much they love you and that they can't believe you're there to see them. It makes being that mom all the more worth it. You know the feeling. And if you don't, you got to work on it. Because if you leave it to them, they won't fix it. It's our place to keep things right. But I just got lucky with my kids. I'm very fortunate. So I stayed at his place. This is now day nine. I'm tired, but I'm not telling him because I'm going to keep up with him and I'm going to see his studio I'm going to go back to the World Trade Center and see what new things he's done. And he's a fast walker, and I'm telling him the whole time, you keep your pace, I'll keep up with you. And you know what I was so impressed about with him? The minute we'd be walking on the street, if I wasn't on his right side, he would take a sidestep, almost like a ballroom step. Maybe it's because all those years I made him take dance for his footwork for sports, and now he's an artist, of course. And He would stand on my left side, so he was at street side, and he would put his arm in his pocket and leave it open for me to put my arm through his. What a gentleman. And it's just the way he was brought up. Pat myself on the back a little bit, even though he needs a haircut. I'm not going to tell him, but, you know, he's not going to listen to this podcast anyway. But I'm just so proud of him. I'm proud of all of them. My youngest is about to graduate next semester. My next to youngest just started her own franchise. She was working for somebody else's franchise and did so well that the franchise company offered her her own franchise in Charleston and gave it to her for free. I mean, that's miraculous. My middle child is moving to Wilmington to be with the man of her dreams, who is a Marine, special ops, gorgeous guy who adores her, brilliant, and she works for me. At Sound Solutions, doing voice work. And then there's my daughter who's sick, but she's getting married in June. So she's got something to look forward to. And while I was in New York, I saw one of my other best girlfriends, Edie Nathan. She's written a book. I'm so proud of her. She's been working on this book for five years. She's a psychotherapist, and her book is called The Dance of Self-Discovery Through Trauma and Loss. It's Grief. And you can find it on Amazon. I'll tell you one more time. The dance of self-discovery through trauma and loss. It's grief. And her name is Edie Nathan. Look for it. She's a brilliant woman. And also, she's the type of woman that understands me. Very few do. She could call me 20 times and I won't return the call. And it's not because I don't love her. It's because I'm involved in a million things. And by the time I go to pick up the phone to call her back, I'm on to something else and I, I get interrupted. But she understands me, as I said. And she still loves me and respects me and looks forward to seeing me when I come in. And then I had one more wonderful surprise while I was in New York. My doctor, Siobhan Kehoe, who was my oncologist here in Dallas, who picked up and left me, damn it, to become chief of surgery at NYU? The nerve of her. We met for drinks and had the time of our lives. We were close when I was there, not just as doctor patient, but as friends as well. And we always swore that at one point we would go out and have a drink together. Well, we had drinks. <laughs> And we compared notes as to what we remembered and we talked about what was going on in our lives and we laughed like idiots. Just had a great time. And then towards the end of the conversation, we discussed my condition. And my condition is something I don't even know if I've discussed, but I'm on my fifth round of any medication that's out there and offerable to me with ovarian cancer. Listen, I knew going in that it's not a life-threatening disease anymore. It's just a disease that's chronic. It comes, it goes. It's like a fucking revolving door. And the, the worst part about it is you don't know how you're going to react to whatever medication they put you on. I've already refused chemo after the second time. So now I'm trying these PARP inhibitors. I tried something called tamoxifen that didn't work. And, and now this is another PARP inhibitor that I'm trying. And I started it, would you believe, and you will only believe this because you know me by now, I started this the day of the trip, not having any idea of the side effects. Well, I did. I read the list of side effects and I said, there's no way in hell that any one of those side effects is me. Because I'm the one that has this other side effect that comes from left field that no one's ever heard of in her life. That's the type of person I am. I'm not the one that's going to get leukemia. My white count might drop a little bit, but I'll live. You know, I'm not going to have all the craziness that they say, nausea, uh, not being able to get up. Bullshit. I mean, that's just not me. I can't allow that for myself. So we talked about it, told her the drug. She said she already looked in my chart which is really not supposed to be, but I gave it to her. So it was my choice to give my ex-doctor, who is still a part of my team. She assured me she is still a part of my team, which made me feel so much better because I love her and I trust her more than anybody. And she said it'll take about three cycles before we see if there's any progress. I said, how long's is the cycle? 28 days. So I have to wait three months to see if the cancer goes away. And if it doesn't, I try something else. And that's all there is to it. I just keep trying. And uh, I will because I've got too much to live for. I've got five kids that are all coming up and they're all becoming magnificent more so than they ever were before. I've got to see them. I need to see what they turn into. I want to be a grandma, <laughs> like you, <laughs> So all in all, my trip was terrific. And right from there, I went to the airport with tears in my eyes. My goodness, oh, what I had seen. Oh, when I think about it, when I saw all the successes of my children, my girlfriends, the possibility of a new life, it was, oh, so much to handle. I was so afraid I was going to fall apart in that cab. But I couldn't bring myself to do it because of the book I wrote, The Diary of a Sugar Mom. If you haven't read it yet, it's on Amazon, but I recommend you buy it on my site, sugarmom.net. It's called The Diary of a Sugar Mom. And the whole book, for the most part, takes place in the backseat of a cab. My character, Dora, has memories and brings them to life and interacts with the cab driver unwillingly. And it's sexual. It's exciting. It's intriguing. I'd suggest you read it. But I was so strong in the back of that cab, even while I was thinking of things that were terrible that had happened during my life. While I'm in the back of this cab on the way home, I felt like that character again. And I kept myself together. And I thought about all the positives that I just left behind. And I could only think positive things for myself. This medicine will work. I... I have too much to lose. I have too much to see. You know, do you understand that feeling? There's too much life left. And I'm going to see it. I am a true cancer survivor. I've done it five fucking times. Fuck you, cancer. And I will make sure my daughter gets to her wedding and looks beautiful when she gets there. So there. I'm okay. I promise. Anyway, I think I'm going to have my girlfriend Edie on as a guest. We'll talk about her book a little bit, but we're also going to talk about life. It's always fun to compare notes, especially women our age, just so all the rest of everybody feels normal. Otherwise, most of the time, we all think we're crazy. I think that's enough. It took me two days to recuperate. I swear to God, my legs. I walked 40 miles in three days when I was in New York. (laughs) (laughs) Don't even ask me how many flights of steps I went up. It's stupid. But I did it all on this medicine, and it's starting to affect me now. It's making me a little tired. But so what? I'm still going to go to the gym. And if I can't do as much as I did last time, I'll do a little less. You know, you roll with it. That's all. You roll with it. Always good to share with you. And I apologize for this being a day late. Anytime you feel the need or the desire to talk with me, reach out right here on iTunes, Sugar Mom, Robin Marshall, Sugar Mom on iTunes. There's a little spot there called notes or comments, and you can write whatever you want. Or my email, RobinMarshallSugarMom at gmail.com. Or better yet, go to my website. There's a lot there. I'd love for you to listen to the Lemons to Lemonade series, one through six It's not maudlin. It's not anything that's going to depress you. It'll help you become stronger if you're going through any kind of illness at all. Because there's humor involved with potential death. There's humor involved with stress and not knowing what the end result is going to be. Because everything around you makes no sense and it becomes funny. It's almost like a stage of grief, as my girlfriend Edie would say. Or maybe I am just a little bit warped. I love you. I will talk with you next week. It's Robin Marshall, America's number one sugar bomb.